This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Lobe Strangers, a Swindon Town fan podcast with me, Rich Pullen. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Oh, it's a magic goal! Far post for Shearer, goal! I will win this league anyway. Richard, he's hit it. It's Gladwell! Hello and welcome to the Low Strangers podcast. Thanks, as always, for listening. My guest for this episode is Juan Cobian. Juan started his career at one of the biggest clubs in the world, Boca Juniors, in his hometown of Buenos Aires. He was a junior, a youth player and a senior player at the club but only played once in a friendly in Brazil. After his time at Boca, where he had trained alongside some of the world's biggest names, including El Diego, he moved to England and joined Premier League side Sheffield Wednesday. His manager was future town boss, Danny Wilson, and he also had a teammate called Paolo Di Canio. We'll talk about that during the podcast. After leaving Hillsborough, he joined Charlton Athletic for a short spell before moving to Scotland with Aberdeen. He joined Swindon in 2000 as part of Colin Todd's revolution, which saw a lot of players join the club. As we all know, Todd's revolution was not a successful one. He left months into Juan's Swindon Town career and Todd was replaced by Andy King. It's at this point that Juan's Swindon career really does go downhill somewhat. There's a public disagreement, and when I say public, I mean Andy King wasn't hiding from the fact that he was choosing not to pick Juan, and Juan was obviously upset that he wasn't up for consideration as much as he felt that he should have been. But we talk about this during the podcast. Unfortunately, due to a personal commitment, Juan had to 
ends the interview quite abruptly, which is a shame. We did arrange to talk again, but these guys are busy living their lives, working, etc. And there was also the small matter of the Super Classico between River Plate and Boca Juniors, which was trying to take place during the week that we recorded this conversation. There's still 50 plus minutes of conversation there for you, which is more than enough. I really enjoyed listening to Juan talk about his career, and I really hope that you do too. In other news, thank you to those who have been liking the podcast on SoundCloud. That's been very much appreciated. And for the couple of you that put lovely reviews on iTunes, amazing. It means so much. I have been waffling for far too long. My apologies. Thanks for those who haven't fast-forwarded to the main part of the episode. But let's get there now. Let's sound the hooter for the Low Strangers podcast. Enjoy. How are you? I am very well. Thank you for joining me on the Low Strangers podcast. The first question that I always ask is, who did you support growing up? Well, obviously, being from Buenos Aires, uh, Boca Juniors. And uh, yeah, from my uh, early childhood, my fa- it's, a, it's a family tradition. <laughs> and who were your heroes growing up? Uh, well, by the 80s. Well, uh, mainly uh, the early 80s, 81 and 82, Diego Maradona played for Boca. So uh, those are the the first uh, games that I recall and I uh, I, I remember watching football. So, uh, so certainly Diego was uh, is one of my heroes. Then obviously, uh, you know, time goes on and many players uh, go by. So, uh, you know, you are... Uh, it happened that I became a, an academy player for Boca. You, you tend to watch the players that play in your position. So, uh, for example, uh, Blas Armando Junta, uh, he, he didn't play at international level, but he played for San Lorenzo and Boca mainly. And uh, he's one of uh, uh, the tough ex-midfielders at Boca. And, and he was also one of my heroes. Boca is famous in Europe for that fantastic stadium. Describe the atmosphere of that stadium. Well, as you as you all hear through the press, uh, it, it's unbelievable. It's something that you, you got to live rather than fear someone else to uh, to explain it. Yeah, mm. um, it's, it's, a, it's, it's really unbelievable. I didn't have the chance to play a first-team game for Boca at La Bombonera, but I did play for the reserves. In, in, in my days, the reserves played uh, just before the, the, the main team. On the same day, so for example, at games, you know, at big games like River Plate, Independiente, San Lorenzo, uh, the stadium was uh, almost full uh, when our game started. You know, a couple of hours before the the first team. So yeah, it's, it's an unbelievable atmosphere. When I was younger, I, I watched a lot of football in Argentina because of all channels, Eurosport used to show it all the time. And I remember watching mm. Argentina's juniors and Newell's old boys and the Estudiantes and of course, Boca and River as well. And 
really being blown away by like the support, the amount of uh, tape that's being thrown onto the pitch and things like that. Boca yeah. is known for its rivalry with River Plate. Is there any way you can describe that rivalry? Well, it's uh, again, like I said, the same thing I said about Boca Stadium. It's, it's something you got to leave mm. uh, to have the dimension of it, you know. But uh, just so you know... Um, well, now uh, away fans are not allowed in Argentina anymore. It's, it's ha- it happened for the last four or five years. But in 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 the eighties, nineties, they obviously they, they were allowed. And uh, for example, when Maradona came back to play for Boca in ninety five uh, at River Stadium, there were more Boca fans than Rivers. Uh, for the derby, you know, mm-hmm. so that explains the, uh, in a few words, the rivalry. Again, well, uh, as, as you might as well know, uh, now we are in the middle of the Copa Libertadores final, mm. and and the country stopped for the last uh, 15 days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, basically, it, it, it stops two or three days in normal games, but for this one, which is our Champions League, it's been stopped. <laughs> it, it will, and it will be stopped for maybe a couple of weeks because uh, the final game is on Saturday and, and well, by the time your audience hear this, there the, the should, should be a result already. <laughs> uh, many many River Play fans will not go to work on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I like your confidence. You are scouted to join the Boca Academy at a very young age. Can you remember um, joining Boca? Yeah, I remember that happened when I was between nine and ten, it was the year 1985. Um, and like uh, every other kid here, we start in the what we call baby football, which is a five-a-side club. Mm. And from there, one of the one of the scouts took me, suggested me and other other teammates to go to Boca for a trial. Three or four of us went. Uh, I remember my dad taking me. My dad was also a, a Boca director in the 80s and part of the 90s. So, uh, you know, I, I, I knew the club almost since since I was born. You know, In fact, my, my history with the club uh, goes from my, my early early ages, traveling with players, then being, uh, well, joined the, uh, the academy. I was a ball boy for Boca, then, uh, you know, a professional player. And, uh, and then my last uh, relationship, well, always a fan, <laughs> you know, but my, my last relationship with the club, uh, I was the international football director until 2012. Yeah. And that happened for, for four years. Wow. So, yeah, pr- proud of uh, being, being part of the, of the Boca family. Absolutely. In, in your opinion, Juan, how different is football in Argentina to, to the football in England? Well, in, in terms of uh, fans, to be honest, I didn't, I didn't feel it really different because there's a lot of passion in England as well as in Argentina and in, in every, uh, every other country in South America. Hmm. It, it's just the way, it's just that uh, probably within the years and, and uh, well, societies are, are, are different. Uh, in England, I think, I mean, the, the, the game's finished and, and everybody can share the game, you know, what happened during the game and, 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 and everything uh, is well. Here, unfortunately, still, uh, because of negligence of uh, the directors, mm. the football directors, the political directors, hooligans still exist and that's something that uh, kills football, you know. But in terms of, of passion or true passion for, for the game, is, is very similar. Then, if if we go to the 
the way football is being played. Yes, it is different because uh, I experienced a more direct game mm. in the UK, having played for Wednesday, Aberdeen, uh, and Swinton uh, and, and Charlton for a couple of months. In South America, Argentina, a, a more possession, a bit slower until probably the team builds it, builds the game up through midfield. That, that's probably the, the main difference that I experienced with the two the two footballs. Mm-hmm. Boca are the most successful club in Argentina and one of the biggest names in the Americas and the world as well. You spent a decade at that club. What are your favourite memories from your time there? Uh, oof, there's, there's a lot of them. Mm. Uh, uh, there's a lot but uh, one that comes to my mind is uh, when when Diego Maradona joined again the club to train because at the beginning he was he was still banned for playing uh, that was in in between 94 and 95 and he came training and I was uh, with you know between the first team and the reserves and uh, the first I remember the first training we were we were in at the training ground and the training finished and I, I used to go with uh, uh, Blas Junta, the player that I named before, to train. Yeah, I was every day in his car, and uh, we 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 went out from training and we stopped in a not a restaurant, but you know something like a, w- w- when you have a sausage, a quick, a cafe, a quick thing, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, not even a cafe. It's, it's food, like a food truck, like a food truck. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, some some players, you know, Junta, Nestor Fabri. Uh, Diego La Torre, uh, Canigia was at Boca at the moment. They all stopped there for a quick <laughs> piece of meat and you know that to share the the, the moment. And, and some some uh, young players like myself, uh, Leonardo Lupino, we, we were with there with them because we went training with some of them and we we, we were very shy, you know. And mm. so we 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 stepped aside the group a few meters and uh, and Diego w- w- when he saw that he called us. Hey, Hey Lupino, hey Juan, come and join us. You know, we were only 19, 19 year old boys, and hearing him calling us to share the table was uh, one of the one of the good moments. You know, and another one with him as well. Boca versus River played at La Bombonera. I had played the, the reserve game before, and Boca in the for the first team won four one. Diego missed a penalty, but then Canigia scored three goals. That was ninety six. Mm. And, and all the all the research teams, uh, research team players uh, used to watch the game, obviously uh, after our game, yeah. uh, and went to the dressing room five ten minutes before the end of the of the first team. And as, as soon as I came into the the dressing room, Diego was uh, coming back, you know, coming up from the tunnel, uh, all wet <laughs> from from the game, and like uh, he gave me a big hug, you know. <laughs> Very happy for for winning that game, so yeah, that will that will will be in my in my memory forever. Oh, I can only imagine, and the fact that yeah. you've uh, had a kebab van meal with uh, with Diego Maradona yeah. and Claudio Canigian, um, amazing, fantastic. During your Boca career, both of Argentina's World Cup winning coaches, Cesar Minotti and Carlos Bellardo, are there at the same time. You're very young when Minotti's there. Did they have much interaction with the youth team or were they very much focused only on the first team? Well, I, I did experience both both coaches at Boca. Menotti was in 94 mm. at Boca and I was uh, training with the reserves and the under-20s and I I don't remember him 
interacting much uh, with the youngsters. Yeah. Yes, sometimes the reserves uh, used to go and and uh, and train, you know, uh, like playing a, a practice game with the first team. Uh, but I don't remember him uh, coming to watch the youngsters. You know, yeah. same same thing for for Bilardo. You know, I I, I think they were uh, both didn't didn't stay much at Boca, mm. only for one year each. Um, and I think they were too worried about <laughs> about the first team. N- none of them could uh, get Boca to the top of the league. Mm. Bilardo was the closest. He lost the. The championship in in the last in the last couple of games, but couldn't neither of them could be champion. It's Bambino Vieira uh, who gives you your only senior appearance for Boca, which is in a friendly, um, and you're a late substitute in that game. It's a good one though. It's Sao Paulo in Brazil where you play. Yeah. Do you remember who you replaced that day? Yeah, I, I replaced uh, Tito Pompei. Uh, Fifteen minutes to go. Yeah. Uh, in the game, and yeah, obviously it was a. Uh, a great experience, something uh, expected for long. Obviously, I, w- I would have liked to be given more chances to play in the first team. But now, you know, watching that in time, uh, I'm, I'm very proud, very proud of that, very proud of sharing the first team with uh, such big names, which I think was probably the cause why I didn't have uh, uh, more games and, and, and many minutes in the in the first team. Uh, a, a great. Um, Coincidence. Uh, now I share with uh, Tito Pompei the senior team at Boca. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's uh, something uh, a great experience. That day you play alongside some absolute great names, but you play against some. You've got uh, Denilson. He played for Sao Paulo that day. He went on to win the World Cup yeah. with Brazil. Ed Milson. Yeah. Uh, you had Serginho, who went on to play for Milan. Um, Ruggiero Saini the uh, the goalkeeper who used to score loads of goals as well but there is an even more important player that played for Boca that day a centre back do you can you figure out who I'm trying to think of so which player oh played play that day for Boca yeah many Nestor Lorenzo there you go <laughs> Nestor Lorenzo yeah the centre back who yeah. used to play for? Uh, play for Swindon, exactly. didn't he? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you played alongside, or you played in the same setup as Net the great Nesta Lorenzo. He, he had a... He had a couple of seasons at Swindon, did he? Yeah, he did. He was he signed under um, Ozzy Ardiles. Um, Ozzy Ardiles, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. signed him shortly after the World Cup in 1990. And yeah. he played a fair bit. And then when Glenn Hoddle came in... Um, he lost his place and then he he, he went back. I, I shared um, uh, a few months with Nestor uh, at Boca because he he came to Boca uh, under Carlos Villardo. Yeah, from 1990, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. And you also play alongside Kili Gonzalez, who was at Zaragoza and uh, Valencia and Inter. Uh, Diego, is it Cagna? Another Diego Cania, uh, yeah, yeah. another big name there. So I mean, it's fantastic having an education alongside these players, but okay, it must be frustrating as well because that's the reason why you can't quite break into the first team. Yeah, of course, uh, you know, with such such big names, and that uh, we're having you know good moments in the, good. good uh, that's that's why Carlos Bilardo brought them in from the different teams. Diego Cania from Argentinos Juniors, uh, well, Nestor Lorenzo who who had been in the national team, uh, Kili González from Rosario Central, uh, Sebastián Verón from Estudiantes. They, they were all having 
great times at their team. So that's why they came to Boca, you know. Mm. And and you spend your final year at Boca out on loan? Well, it happened because uh, Jose Maria Silvero, he was the coach of uh, Huracan Corrientes. And, uh, well, I don't know if you if you know, he, he was a Boca player and a Boca coach mm. uh, in the 60s. Uh, and he had a relationship with the club. So he took myself and um, Walter Del Rio, who played for Crystal Palace, Mm-hmm. Later, uh, he took us to to play for Huracan that year, and yeah, again, you know, great uh, because we we could play uh, 40, 40 odd games, which which we couldn't at Boca, you know, because of those uh, big names. And you play the majority of the season as well. Yeah, yeah, like mm-hmm. almost almost forty games in the season uh, for Huracan. That was the second uh, what we called uh, Nacional B, the second division. Mm-hmm. So yeah, again, again, great experience. You don't get an appearance, but you're also drafted in by Argentina under twenties during your youth career. That must have been a fantastic experience for you. It was. I, I couldn't. I couldn't uh, play a, an official game, but uh, was training there for at the Argentina camp for a month in in preparation for one of the competitions mm-hmm. uh, that was coming up, uh, and that was. Um, uh, under Mostaza Merlos uh, uh, coach, you know he was the uh, the under under twenty coach. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't happen. But uh, then another proud uh, relationship with <laughs> with the national team was that uh, w- while I was playing for Sheffield Wednesday, the the press were were uh, taking myself as a chance uh, to be part of the uh, of the senior national team. Mm. The, then uh, the coach at the time, uh, who was Marcelo Bielsa, chose. Uh, chose um, Nelson Vivas, who was at Arsenal. Yeah, wow, fantastic. Yeah. Here's Foley. Far side is Bowden. Bowden's cross. Up in the air. Belgate. Punches away. Comes to McLaren, who hits it through a crowd of players, and he's found a net. That could well be the winning goal with just three and a half minutes remaining of extra time. Ross McLaren, his third goal of the season. Second in the Littlewoods Cup through a crowd of Bolton players and into the back of the net. Did you want to leave Boca? Not really, not really. In fact, by the middle of the year, when Carlos Villardo took over, uh, he took over in January. By June, which is our winter time here, he proposed many players to go to, for example, Almagro or Nueva Chicago. They were uh, like it happened uh, the next year to me going to Huracan Corrientes and and I remember him uh, calling me and saying Juan you need to go on loan and I said no Carlos I want to I want to stay here and and fight for my place you know mm-hmm. but then uh, well, especially those years uh, Boga the last tournament that uh, had won was in in 91 with uh, Batistuta uh, playing for Boca, so they, they were uh, the, the club was in, in need of uh, winning a title. So uh, under Carlos Bilardo, like 15 players uh, came in, and then with Bambino Veira, another another 15, 13, 14 players came in. So it was difficult for me to to field uh, in, in the first team. Mm-hmm. So was it? Ever an ambition to play in England? Uh, to be honest, 
uh, Richie, he came, he was unexpected, <laughs> you know, because uh, I was playing for Huracán de Corrientes, my contract at Huracán was almost finished, uh, and um, I was uh, coming back to Boca, mm. and I, I couldn't even train uh, again with Boca, Carlos Bianchi was the coach at the time, but I came back from Corrientes, uh, and the opportunity uh, came in, and, and I, I didn't doubt it. P Peter Atherton was injured, and, and I took the chance. So, uh, but really, really, really unexpected because uh, being in a uh, in a second division, obviously I, I belonged to Boca mm. at the time. Uh, but being at a second division club in Argentina and going to the to the Premier League, it was really, really unex unexpected. <laughs> I can only imagine. Now, I have to ask, because I'm always curious about these sort of things, and I'm sure it didn't really, um, it wasn't really something to think about, but international relations uh, between the UK and Argentina weren't exactly great during your childhood, and even in the late 90s, you're one of the first players from Argentina to play in the top flight, you in the Premier League era anyway. Um did Argentina's relationship with the United Kingdom ever play in the mind when you were moving to England? It's, it's, it's a difficult question. Yeah. Yeah. Argentinian people remembers that uh, uh, that war like you know something something special, something very with a lot of passion, mm. you know. But uh, with the years, uh, I, I I got to know that. Uh, um, things were not explained, and, uh, and 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 the press were not uh, saying the, the, the all the right things mm -hmm. that happened at the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when 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 things, you know, when different journalists started to to uh, give a different view, Argentinian people understood that uh, uh, the military government in in Argentina did things wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, going to the war you know so uh, I, I mean I, I I didn't have anything special against uh, against British people uh, in, in fact 99.9% uh, .9 of the people hosted us like uh, you know in, in an unbelievable way mm. uh, neighbors teammates everyone uh, you know uh, Behaved us the the, the the right way, and 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 we left many friends behind when we when we left the UK mm. in in two thousand and four. You know. Sure, thank you. To Sheffield Wednesday now. So you're playing in the second division of Argent in Argentina. How on earth does Sheffield Wednesday find out about Wankovian? Uh, it was through an agent. Mm -hmm. uh, like I mentioned before, Peter Atherton. Um, uh, got injured uh, in in preseason, uh, so they uh, Danny Wilson needed a needed a right back right away to start the league. It, it looks like uh, you know he, he liked my my video uh, and I I travelled over and and in one week I made my very debut against uh, against West Ham at Hillsborough. Yeah, and did you find it easy to adapt to English football? Yes, I I, I remember it was it was easy to adapt because facilities were were very good. Uh, my teammates uh, reacted well to my, uh, you know, to myself getting into the team. Mm. Um, the, the club was was very 
uh, you know the, the hospitality was 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 great mm. with me so uh it, it, it was easy to adapt yeah. uh, it wasn't it wasn't difficult but uh, uh i i wish I, I did something wrong when i when i uh, through uh, to the end by the end of the year that danny well peter peter atherton uh, got back to first team so i i, I only played eight ten games mm. uh, for wednesday and uh, so when, when he when he got back i i went to the bench and uh, by the end of the season i had only played uh, like I, I can't remember now but you know I, I wanted to play and and danny gave me the option to stay and fight for a place or or, or leave and find a, a a team to to play more regularly and well it happened that charlton uh, was interested so i chose charlton you know sure. uh, but i left uh, great memories at the club friends every time i go back uh, to the UK and I, I, I go and visit Sheffield. I don't know why it was so, only one year, but uh, a very strong uh, feeling between the club and myself well, and the fans. It, it's yeah. a it's a good yeah absolutely. It's a good season for Sheffield Wednesday as well. You play with a in a good squad. You know you got Vim Young, Benita Carboni, Des Walker, uh, Nicholas Alexanderson uh, for, yeah. for, for Championship Manager fans out there, and of course, uh, of course, Paolo Di Canio. You played in a famous one-nil win over Arsenal, who were the champions at the time. It's a game that was made famous because Di Canio was sent off for pushing the referee Paul Alcock. Yeah, I always recall. Recall that game, you know, one one of the the key points. <laughs> and like you said at the beginning, it was a great season for Wednesday. Mm. In fact, one of the one of the best seasons in the in the top league. We we finished twelfth in the league, yeah. uh, and we and we had a, a a very good a very good squad. Unfortunately, not all of us could could stay, and and we we, we couldn't, you know, like uh, keep it going. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, and, and that game was was special because Arsenal had a, also one of the best squads in the in the league with, with Man United and uh, you know the likes of uh, Vieira, Nicolas Anelka, Nelson Vivas, but not so much um, in England. Nelson Vivas. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a great squad, and they only they only lost the championship that year by a couple of points, and and I think um, Sheffield Wednesday scored after the sending off as well. But of course, Martin Keown yeah, we, was sent uh, off Lee, during that. Yeah, Lee Briscoe. Lee Briscoe. Yeah, Lee Briscoe was uh, uh, the player that scored, and, and I think it was like uh, seven minutes to go. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah, the the, right. the Decanio push is still quite famous now, even though it's quite a long time ago. Um, I, I just watching, I'll be, I, I watched the highlights um, while I was preparing for this conversation, and just you could see the surprise on so many people's faces. Yeah, I think um, yeah, Petter Rudy is is sort of uh, marshalling Decanio away and. <laughs> It's very funny as well. What was what was Decanio like as a teammate? Oh, he he, he was okay, uh, very funny, as well as uh, Benito Carbone. Mm. 
you know that, that uh, Italian <laughs> uh, characters they were. Uh, but he, he he was okay. Unfortunately, he had an incident which I I believe uh, he was a bit unlucky because I, I didn't. He he overreacted, mm. you know, to the uh, to the sending off. And in my opinion, Paul Alcock also overreacted to the uh, by sending him off. Mm. You know, there wasn't a, a Patrick Vieira had a, um, had a, a few bad tackles before. That's why Icanio reacted. Mm. You know. Uh, I think that one was uh, against Benito. Uh, if, if I, yeah, I, I, I think Paolo uh, had nothing to do with the incident. Um, yeah, he, yeah, he he got involved afterwards um, and then gets yeah, sent yeah. off, and Keown reacts to Decanio, and they both they get their marginals. Of course, I ask about Decanio because he would go on to manage Swindon um, for yeah. a year and a half, and. Of course, your manager at Sheffield Wednesday also went on to manage Swindon later. And Danny Wilson, what was your yeah. relationship like with Danny? Oh, Danny, I, uh, I remember him like a, um, a, a good manager, uh, a good uh, uh, you know character for the team. Mm-hmm. Um, um, he was very close to the players. Yeah, th- then then I had contact with him. When he was at Bristol City, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I made contact with him again. Uh, but I, I, I remember him and, and um, we, 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 the name of his assistant. He, he was also a very, a very good man and very positive with all of us. Mm. Fantastic! And but as you already um, explained, you were given the option to stay and fight for your team. But Peter Atherton people may forget he played a lot of premiership games he was a mainstay at Sheffield Wednesday so it's tough to compete with somebody who is locked into that position or move on and you do move on you've joined Charlton Athletic but it doesn't work out what happened there no Charlton I I signed for uh it was strange for me to know that you could sign a month-to-month contract yeah and um uh yeah and I I signed uh, uh a, a month contract with Charlton, yeah. uh, and they were they were after a Scottish player. They, they also needed a right back, and they were like in negotiations. That that's why they they didn't sign they didn't sign me a, a permanently contract. Mm. Uh, by the end of the month, uh, they they finally uh, got that player. I, I can't remember the, now the name of the Scottish player, but he was a Scottish international. Mm-hmm. Um, and I stayed one more month, and then uh, then the opportunity of Aberdeen came up, and uh, again, again, you know, since I I was not gonna uh, um, have the chance to to start, uh, I decided to to go to Aberdeen. Yeah, and it's, I mean Aberdeen's not a bad club to join. I mean they're not in the greatest yeah. way at that time, but. It's the uh, club I'm very fond of because my stepdad, he supports Aberdeen. Um, you get some games up there. Um, you play alongside some pretty decent players as well um, from that era. Jim Layton being one and um, Ian Jess. But it's, it's a short stay, but did you enjoy it? Yeah, yeah, it was a short stay because I got injured mm. uh, during our game against Rangers for the for the Cup. Yeah. For the Scottish Cup. And... Um, uh, then my contract finished in by the end of the of the tournament, and um, 
uh, again, the opportunity of Swindon with Colin Todd came up and, and it was a permanently uh, move uh, and they offered me a three-year contract. So, I, you know, I wanted to be more more stable with the family. Mm. Uh, uh, but Aberdeen, also a, a, a nice experience. Herbes uh, Kovdal, the manager, mm. he considered me a lot, but my hamstring injury uh, made it uh, difficult to continue. Yeah, uh, playing. I had a bad, a bad injury in my hamstring. It took me like three months to get recovered. You know, well, uh, and this... those, those those five five six games that, that I played, I think I I felt very comfortable and 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 did quite well. In fact, beat Rangers in the cup. Mm. That's your last game, uh, isn't it? That was your last yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you, um, I think you get injured in that game, but I mean, they had a very, very strong team. Did um, yeah. Um, you had people like I uh, imagine Lorenzo Amoruso, Andre Kinchelskis would have been maybe a yeah. part of that. Some really, really good players. Um, but but it's just a shame. Neil so, McCann. Yeah, Neil McCann, of course. Who recently um, he was manager of Dundee until recently, I think. Okay. I guess the hamstring injury explains why you go from Premier League Sheffield Wednesday to Premier League Charlton to Scottish Premier League Aberdeen and then you end up in the third tier with Swindon Town. Yeah, well, uh, I considered calling uh, calling Todd call me and, and that means a lot to a player when a manager calls you, you know. Uh, so he, he, he gave me the expectation that uh, everything was going to go well at Swindon and and that he expected the team to to grow up and uh, and fight for promotion mm. uh but unfortunately late later he he left you know yeah very very uh, when he when, when he left for Derby County yeah. so having lived in Sheffield and 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 Buenos Aires how did you find Swindon and Wiltshire? Uh, uh, very quiet, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, we, we, we made a lot of friends mm-hmm. uh, at Swindon. Uh, I, I want to mention Marion Childers, um, who, was at, uh, who was at the club and who helped us. When I say us, it's myself and my wife, Cynthia. Uh, helped us a lot, a lot in settling uh, in Swindon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so again, uh, uh, m- more quiet, obviously, than Sheffield and, and London and different. But uh, we we uh, we really liked it. Uh, we bought our house in Swindon. We we had our first child. Uh, so we have we have great memories of Swindon. Your first child was born in Swindon. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Catalina was born in uh, Princess Margaret. <laughs> the old, the old, the old Princess Margaret. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Um, 
So you were based in Swindon as well? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Based in, um, uh, it was called uh, Abbey Meads, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. nor- north of Swindon. Yeah. Well, you, you arrive at the club in a big time of transition. Colin Todd would have been calling up a lot of footballers around that time. I think Keith O'Halloran, Bart Grimmick, Matt Hewlett, Danny uh, Invincible, David Duke, Antoine van der Linden, Kim Heiselberg. Gary Alexander joins while Mark Robertson, yeah. Martin Williams and Marco Tuamela join during the early stages of that season too. Is it hard to mould a club or mould a side when so many players are coming in? Of course. Of course it is difficult because when when so many new players come in, they need time to adjust. Uh, and especially if your manager leaves <laughs> within the... I, I can't remember now, but within a couple of months. Mm. Um, so it is it is difficult. Uh, you cannot expect uh, quick results when when so many new players come into a squad. Yeah. Um, mo- most of the times that doesn't work. Uh, uh, you know, very quick. Mm. Uh, you, you need time to uh, to train together. You need to you need time to share time together. Um, I remember that in general, that squad was very, very friendly uh, outside the pitch, and, 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 and you know, uh, all, all all got on very well, and we had a, a good atmosphere at the dressing ground. At the dressing ground, um, but uh, on on the pitch, we couldn't show what we were outside the pitch. You know, um, pre-season was going quite well. I mean. Town yeah. beat Bath, you beat Southampton, um, you get a draw against West Brom and Cardiff. We only lose um, to West Ham, I think. So, as you say... That, Tottenham. Uh, Tottenham, yes. Um, so, it just goes to show that the mood was clearly okay, as you said, during that first summer. It, I guess it's just one of those things, but I remember as a fan at that time, the mood was it was quite exciting to have players with like names like Van Kovian and Anton van der Linden joining. It was quite an exciting few weeks and months because we had what we thought was a millionaire coming in, changing yeah. Swindon. And Colin Todd was a big name. He was an England international for you. So I, I think it, that side, it, everything was looking up, really, especially after the last couple of years we had where we were in administration and things like that. It's just one of those things, and as you said, Colin Todd leaves early on. What was Colin Todd like as a manager? Uh, like, like I said, you know, very surprising that he left then because he was a a big name in football, uh, and having him as a manager meant a lot. Hmm. He was very simple to deal with, uh, but couldn't couldn't say much, uh, you know, about him because uh, having him, you know, uh, only 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 a few weeks. As a manager, you know, cannot cannot say much about him. Mm. Okay, well, you start your town career within the first team setup, making your debut in the League Cup against Exeter. Um, you were one of the many sign-ins that summer, as we've discussed. But you fall out of favour under 
Andy King, who I've spoken to a lot of players on this podcast who played for Andy King. Some of them had great relationships with Andy King and some of them did not. It's well known that you did not have a great relationship um, with Andy King. And we're not going to go into the huge amount of details unless you want to, because I know in the past you have said what what's said in the dressing room stays in the dressing room and I'll respect that. But yeah. what was the reason behind that early fallout? What? Why did... Why did you suddenly go from in the squad, and Andy King has you in the squad as well, but did he just not rate you as a footballer? What do you think happened there? Uh, I, I, I really cannot explain that because it wasn't at all from my side. Yeah, uh, It was something from his side. And uh, then I, I, I got to tell you that... Uh, a few years later, when when I retired and, and made a trip to England, I I met Andy, uh, and he 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 said sorry, <laughs> uh, which is something which is what I what I keep you know from him. Mm. Uh, he said sorry in, in, in his house. <laughs> he had a bar uh, at Luton, and he lived just uh, in the top floor and. Uh, and he said sorry. I was uh, under pressure, and but it was it was his his personality, his his way of life. Uh, I, I I only know that uh, I did things the right way. I trained hard, and it's just that probably he, he didn't like me, and, and and that was it. You know, I ha- I don't have any other explanation because I I didn't do anything wrong to him or or didn't behave uh, bad at all on on. On any special occasion, or uh, yes, I remember uh, um, one of the one of the things that uh, we didn't agree is that uh, uh, in one of the um, newspapers, uh, the the journalist uh, asked me about the reserve game because I was I was uh, playing for the reserves many times. Yeah. I, I went to I went to the bench of the first team and but played for the reserves and. I was the captain of the reserves, and Malcolm Crosby was our coach, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I, I said in the newspaper, like something, something like uh, uh, that. I used the reserves to prepare for the first team, you know. And it was understood uh, by him the wrong way. Uh, I don't know. He 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 said that he didn't like it the mm. way the way I said it, and. Like you don't give a hundred percent, and that's that's not true. Every player gives a hundred percent when when you cross the line, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and every player wants to wants to have a good game and for the team and for for himself and, and want to win the game. Uh, but it's reality that first team players, uh, if they play uh, a reserve game. Uh, you need to use it to prepare to be ready for the for the first team. You don't use it to. Uh, uh, I, I don't know if I, I, I explain it the right way. No, um, I think I think that's perfect. You, you don't use it like like the main the main game of the week. You yeah. use it to to play some football and, and and get ready for the weekend. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. If um, if you're a first team player under a senior contract, maybe an 18 year old, an 19 year old that um, is trying to impress, they they'll go out all out attack. But 
you've got your three-year contract, you, you're looking after yourself, you might need to move on, you need to protect your career, so you're not going to go and try 100% in a reserve team. And what I will say is I was talking to one of your ex-teammates at Swindon and you were mentioned in conversation and they said mm -hmm. that, and this is just so people understand that, it's not just you saying you had no problem. What, what that teammate said was they were really impressed with your professionalism during that time because I think maybe some other players might have uh, reacted angrily or 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 retaliated or gone on strike or anything like that but you just kept your head down and and kept trying to break into the first team what can professional footballers do to try and win a manager over when a manager does not rate you as a footballer well, you try to do uh, whatever it takes <laughs> to change that, you know, and that, that's why, you know, I, I my my head in the pillow is is uh, you know <laughs> had always been been well, and I slept well because I gave ev everything I could uh, to change the consideration of Andy and and you know what I, what I said uh, what happened when when I met him after I retired. He explains it all, you know. Mm. He 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 said sorry, and obviously I accepted the uh, I accepted that because uh, uh, I I think it was it was something to do with his moment, and it was something to do uh, with, with with the way he was at the time. You mm. know, uh, unfortunately, it happened to me. It could have it could have happened to another teammate, but it happened to me. Yeah. You know? So, but I, I suppose because of course Andy is no longer here, he is he passed away. Yeah. It must have been nice that you had that closure, that opportunity to talk oh, to yeah, him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I talked to and I talked to him many times after that because then then he was um, working for Plymouth like a, a, as a scout, yeah, as a chief scout, and he asked me, uh, you know, uh, for players from South America if I had someone to recommend, uh, you know. So uh, after that, we uh, we had a, a good relationship. Unfortunately, it didn't it didn't happen while whilst we were at Swindon, and I I, I regret that, you know. Yeah, of course. Did you consider leaving Swindon at that point? I did, mm -hmm. uh, but it didn't happen. I felt and I felt and I felt I had because I, I was. Uh, um, I was on the fan, on the bench every every week, mm. and I thought I thought I, I would have uh, the chance. I, in fact, I, I played. I think you mentioned I played a, a league cup game at home, and we beat we beat a, a third division team like four a five two, and I played that game as a wing back, mm -hmm. which it wasn't my position. But after the game, Andy uh, congratulated me like. Juan, you had a good game, and, uh, and 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 I thought that I could have the chance, but mm. I I didn't. I, I didn't. Well, no. It's interesting you say that. I think the game you might be talking about is the FA Cup game against Ilkeston, four-one. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which you played yeah. seventy-five minutes. Um, that's in November two thousand, and as you quite rightly point out, you don't play again until Warsaw on New Year's Day. Despite the fact that he's saying uh, yeah. that that you played very well, which is which is not the first time 
that has happened in conversations that I've had um, with some of your ex-teammates that they feel that they've done enough and then not not kicked on after that. As I said, you play that game against Walsall on New Year's Day, but news reports from that from that time say you didn't have the greatest game and you were almost sent off as well. Um, do you think when you when you get these rare opportunities? Is it a case that footballers over-try because you're just desperate to get into the first team? Is that where you, the, the intensity is maybe sort of directed the wrong way? Of course. Of course. Hmm. Of course that happens because you want, you want, to, uh, you want to be back, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know, desperately be back in the first team, the, the, desperately be back in, into consideration into the consideration of the manager, so that uh, you know that, that happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's just it seems to me, looking retrospectively, it looks quite sad. It looks like a shame because two years before you're playing in front of thirty thousand people, and then within a couple of years you're playing in the football league trophy um, away at Southend or away at Millwall in front of 2,000. How do you yeah. mentally prepare yourself for that? I mean, I, in my world, I'd have a little sulk, you know? I would feel sorry for myself. How do you motivate yourself during that time? Because, oh, yeah, you've got family who have links to Boca, but they can't get you training alongside... Uh, they can't get you training alongside Argentina under-20s. They can't get you a contract with Sheffield Wednesday. So clearly you have ability, um, but somehow you find yourself cast aside by a third division team in England. I mean, I think it, it says a lot of, for you that you managed to just get on with things. It must have been very, very tough. It was tough, but uh, Rich, to be honest, uh, when or, or at least that happens to me, when I do something, I try to do it 100%. Mm. It doesn't matter whether, well, on the football side, whether it was at Boca, whether it was at uh, Huracan, whether it was at Sheffield Wednesday, uh, whether it was at Charlton, obviously at then, then Aberdeen and Swindon. Uh, then things happen mm. or don't. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I gave my, my 100% at the time. If, if you, like, with a... With the Monday's new newspaper, like we say over here, uh, everything's everything's easy, mm. you know. Uh, but uh, if you give hundred percent, then then you can uh, uh, rest uh, quietly that you you had given hundred percent to to get things, yeah. you know. Absolutely. Well, in August of two thousand and one. You, you you must have had a rejuvenation because Andy King leaves or he's he's dismissed and in comes Roy Evans, former manager of Liverpool. Absolutely massive news at the time. Were you happy with this with this new appointment? Um, what are your memories from that? Roy Evans, uh, he he was also very uh, a very short period. He mm. he didn't stay much at Switzerland. So couldn't couldn't really uh, say uh, what kind of, of of manager he was, but uh, uh, obviously he was, uh, or, or there were high expectations on his on his uh, appointment. Mm. Uh, but again, it stayed uh, stayed a very short time, 
to uh, uh, to say a lot about him. Yeah. Well, you told the Swindon advertiser. I pray every night that Roy Evans will pick me. Maybe I should pray a, a bit louder. Do you, you didn't play under Evans. Do you feel that he gave you a fair chance in that short time? Well, not really. Mm. Well, obviously, <laughs> not really. I think he, I, I think, I think he kept the team that uh, that was playing, and uh, obviously, I couldn't, I couldn't show. Uh, I couldn't show much under his his managerial time, you know. Yeah. It, you also say that you want to make clear that money is not the main thing for me. Uh, I think a lot of people see foreign players as moaners. I think there was a lot of anger pointed at you because you had your three-year contract, you weren't playing, so people felt that you were just sitting on your wages. Um, was that frustrating at the time that people were... were Accusing you of that, uh, Rich. To be honest, I didn't hear that. Well, people moaning that I was sitting on my on my wages. Mm-hmm. F- first of all, because if I did hear, that wouldn't have been true because I wasn't I wasn't a high earner at Swindon. <laughs> well, and, uh, Andy King always I, said you were. No, not at all. No, not at all. No, not at all. No, what? I was probably uh, mid mid table of the high earners. So why do you think Andy King was telling the press that he wanted, because he, he, it's in an article where he says he wants to move you on. I've got the quote here. Um, Juan, is, uh, Juan is, a high, is a high earner at this club. There's no escaping that. But the fact that he's not played games under me, uh, he has his view why I have mine. To me, as a fan, when he says things like that, he's suggesting that you're up up there in that list and that's the sort of thing as you know as a fan that makes football fans angry because it feels like as I said you're just sitting on your on your paycheck but you weren't aware of that yeah but no 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 not at all I, I don't remember that hmm. but uh, that that wasn't true at all no that wasn't true Paul... I don't know why he said that but, uh, <laughs> yeah Paul McAreevy, one of your um, teammates who I spoke to, he told me quite vividly how disappointed he was when he found out Andy King had come back. He found out on a bus after a game. What were your memories? Do you have any memories of finding out when King, the person who didn't rate you, had returned to Swindon? Yeah, well, I thought it was a new, uh, you know, new times that uh, that he was going to... Uh, I don't know. Uh, um, bring like a, a new, new one, of, but it didn't happen. It mm. didn't happen. He was the same, same as before. And well, there's there's not much to say, Rich, mm. about that. You know. Yeah, sure. Were you were you training with the senior side um, at this point? Were you still training every day with Andy King? Sometimes players are frozen out during this sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I, all the time I trained with the first mm-hmm. team, uh, and, I, and I was uh, considered for the for the set, for first team first team squad every every weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I must have been the the player that. Uh, he benched more, more times <laughs> during his yeah. during his times. What were your teammates like during your time at the club? Because obviously they see there's Andy King and Juan Cobian. Andy doesn't rate, 
uh, Wan, but Wan is still turning up, giving a hundred percent. How did your teammates sort of? Did they put your arm, their arm around your shoulder, try and sort of keep you motivated? Or to be honest, uh, Rich, like I said, ninety nine point nine percent of my, of my teammates were great. Mm. Uh, I don't remember one bad thing from them. Uh, no, it was just it was it was something between the manager and myself. Uh, yes, yeah, so, uh, but all all of all all of them all of them were great to me. And who were your closest friends or teammates while you were at Swindon? Uh, uh, well, obviously you tend to uh, get on well with the, with the foreigners, you know, because you are in the in the same situation. Yeah, uh, like uh, Eric Sabin, uh, Danny. Uh, Invencibile, although he was a bit younger than us, mm. but um, uh, to be honest, all of them, all of them, Matt Haywood, uh, Reeves, great, great man. We uh, we we got on very well. All of us uh, play cards in the uh, in the on the bus. Uh, uh, great memories, Rich, mm. from that time. Fantastic. Great memories with, with the teammates. Yeah. Hello, it's Rich. This is where the interview ended abruptly, as I said at the start of the episode. A great, great shame, but these things happen. I hope you enjoyed it, Um, but that is the end of this episode of the Low Strangers podcast. Until next time, thanks for listening. The Low Strangers is an independent Swindon Town fan podcast. The music was expertly created by Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by the super talented John Daglish. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.